0: Recording. Recording. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Phil, please don't let this fall on you while you're doing the setup. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, that's, uh, it's been a rough, uh, it's been a rough (laughs) night in the old recording studio.
0: (laughs) It sounds like you're in a factory that's just falling apart around you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, my, uh, laugh, uh, now monkeys revenge picture just fell on the floor. Oh, no. And, uh, yeah, I was banging my head on uh, the microphone, which is counterindicated when recording a podcast, it turns out.
0: <laughs>
1: I did this recording with Zach Taylor from Brothers War Podcast, and uh, we, we did most of the building of this deck here. We ended up with something like 140 cards.
0: <laughs> what were so you I,
1: doing? So I had we're building a, a deck with all, a, a, quote-unquote, a found deck with all of my uh, found cards, frankly. And it's the, uh, I have those Stanley cases of cards. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take a picture now and I'll put it in the Discord channel. Um, and we ended up just building this Jun deck with uh, Thantis, the War Weaver. And uh, like I said, it was like 140 the spider characters. spider partner, right? Yeah, the spider, the spider,
0: not partner, the
1: spider. Not partner,
0: um, but it's a spider from the last, the Jun deck.
1: Yeah, the one that basically says all creatures attack each combat of fable.
0: Right, it was from the the windgrace deck.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I ended up, I ended up doing that, and we like said we would come back to it, because he was having trouble seeing it because the webcam was not producing high res video. Anyway, uh, while we were recording with Sheldon, I just went through all the cards and I cut it down to sixty 63- three cards uh, spells that i want to use i actually have 64 and there's so much ramp in this i might be okay with going with only 64 so one of them that's is uh, path of discovery
0: that card is great
1: isn't it it's great
0: i it's really really, really really like that card that's the one that lets you explore whenever a creature come to play yeah yeah like i think that's like my favorite ixalan card
1: Yeah, I'm just pasting these pictures into the Patroni chat, too. It's, yeah, it's one of my favorite Ixalan cards. I mean, I'm partial to dinosaurs, so... uh, When Brawl rotates the dinosaurs out, I'm going to build me a big dinosaur deck. And Path of Discovery's in there. So, of course, a Sylvan Library and Abundance and...
0: It was funny, like, uh, at my birthday party, as the party was winding down, uh, me and my friend Bradley decided that we were just going to, you know, jam a game because we didn't want to play a full commander game. So I grabbed my uh, match set of Brawl decks from the first iteration of Brawl. So it was uh, Kaladesh Amoket standard. Yeah. uh, Kaladesh Amoket Dominaria or whatever. So I had my uh, Sahili deck go up against my um, Alenda Vona deck. And it was just fun grinding them against each other. It was like, wow. I really like the idea of keeping Brawl decks just hermetically sealed. I think it's super fun and, like, it lets you play in a balanced environment against each other. Yeah. I mean, it's irritating because it's like, oh, I want to grab these cards and then, like, you know, um, build a new Brawl deck out of it. But I don't want to take apart my old Brawl deck. So, uh, it's a tough place to be.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm okay with always building a new Brawl deck for each uh, set.
0: Brawl is way more fun than people are giving credit for, and I don't know, uh, and it and it bothers me that everybody's just like, ah, Brawl, whatever, it's a nothing. I'm like, dude, what else you can do with all this freaking draft trash? We all have draft trash, or pre-con trash, or, you know, sealed deck trash. It's like, there's nothing else to do with it. These cards are never going to see play. Put them in something that'll see play. Enjoy yeah. yourself.
1: Yeah, it's so much fun.
0: It's like... Otherwise, you're just throwing money away, man. <laughs> yeah, I like, mean,
1: after having Jason on, it was apparent we should be just selling our our cards.
0: Like, seriously. But as a Magic player, sell my card? What? Why would I do that? <laughs> like, then I would have to buy them again. <laughs> Thank God knows I've made that mistake a few times.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But there are some cards we're just never going to use, like Death Gorge. Death Gorger, um, like literally also. every
0: Golgari card from the last set. No way, those are awesome. The Undergrowth ones.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to be using Undergrowth in I'm in this theoretical Gave deck I'm building.
0: I should take another look, I guess. Yeah,
1: and the one that gives counters goes right into um, any Anofenza deck. Mm, that's there's, true. There's, there's some good cards in there. I wouldn't I wouldn't discount that. I mean, it's not a Hapatra deck. Like, it's not for Hapatra decks, but it it ain't bad.
0: I Man, Hapatra is basically mono Shadow Moor and mono Almond Block. Yeah. Like, because those are the only negative one negative one counter decks anywhere. But boy, does that deck just work. Yeah, it <laughs> does. It's so much fun to play. Uh... Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm still just like, someone on Reddit was like, man... Shiv only knows how to talk in hyperbole. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I mean you you called me out and it's true. So I'm, I'm like, yes, that is in fact literally, literally yes. That is exactly what I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, you need to have lunch with uh Gavin because uh he's looking for cards to reprint.
0: Yeah, I was like so Findhorn Elf, how is it going, Findhorn Elf?
1: To <laughs> <laughs> do uh be, but nine months from now, that's you know, I think that's a commander set nine months from now.
0: I don't know, man. I've been saying we'll we'll see. I mean I think it's just keying off of the article where he's like, We might have other ways to reprint things. Hey, by the way, tell me what you want reprinted. I yeah. mean the choices I made were like basalt monolith. I would love to see a new basalt monolith. Or um just that's like, a good one. That's a good uh, one. Three visits from Portal Three Kingdoms, which is a really great rampant growth that for some reason costs like $85. Oh, my God. <laughs> it has no reason to cost $85. Um, obviously, everyone wants Oubliette, but I'm like, I don't care about Oubliette. That's just <laughs> that's, this is a card that's weird, and it's literally just Oblivion Ring, but weird. And yeah in black and has no business being there. Uh, didn't, it, uh, there? didn't it I get wanted... a
1: simplification in Oracle? Oh, no, it's even no, wordier. it's
0: even worse in Oracle. The <laughs> Oracle text for Oubliette is like <laughs> 400 pages long. It's like an essay. Uh, One I in want... black,
1: black. When Oubliette enters the battlefield, exile target creature and all auras attached to it. Note the number and kind of counters that were on that creature. When Oubliet leaves the battlefield, return that exiled card to the battlefield under its owner's control, tapped with the noted number and kind of counters on it. If you do, return the other exiled cards to the battlefield under their owner's control, attached to that permanent.
0: I'm sorry, what did you say? I blanked out about 35 <laughs> minutes ago.
2: <laughs>
0: like, that card is just like I get it popper wanted it because it's a common oblivion ring in black but it is literally the worst written card short of like floral spasm tells you what to attack or yeah, yeah. attack uh, like riding the dilu horse the effect never goes away you know but um no like the card I picked basalt monolith because that's a great mono rock it hasn't been reprinted since like third yeah. edition uh I could use a foil or whatever i the finhorn elves from uh the twentieth edition FTV, because I love that artwork. I want a non-foil version of that artwork. It's a great card. I mean, it's just a lawn world, but I don't care. Uh, three visits, rampant growth. That's awesome. That cost way too much. Daken Blackblade, because I want to see that card in a brand new frame, really, really badly. Um, and Sliver Overlord, because why is it not? Sliver Overlord. No, Sliver Queen is. Sliver Queen is on the reserve list. Sliver Overlord oh. is not. Oh. And I was like, Sli- everybody loves Slivers.
1: Basalt Monolith has been reprinted a lot. Has it? Yeah. um, One, two, three, four. Uh, since Revised Edition, it's actually been printed five times. In Commander products, mostly.
0: Okay, well, I want it in a foil then. Yeah,
1: that's what we need.
0: I guess I totally didn't realize that Basalt had been reprinted. Yeah. Whatever. It the, doesn't matter. I still the wonder.
1: N- the new art by uh, Young Hao Han is uh, that as foil
0: would be gorgeous. And plus, that card is great. You could always use more Basalt Monoliths, let's be real. But no, like Dak and Blackblade. Can you imagine a Dak and Blackblade in a modern frame? That would be so good. That card is so pretty. Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: with new art. With new art. They they definitely have to do that. I'm sure they don't have the rights to print. Uh...
0: The Richard Kane Ferguson original. Yeah. I mean, I want that original art. I love that original art. But whatever. I just love that card. I think that card deserves to be seen again. Um,
1: Esper Lands Matter. Wow, the Legends version is $60.
0: Because it's beautiful. Oh. Should, and it's like, that, dude, seriously, the two most popular cards of the olden days that uh, nobody ever talks to are uh, Dak and Blackblade and Sulk Art of the Swamp King, which are like two of the greatest artworks in all of magic. Yeah,
1: uh, Sulk and Art's good.
0: But I don't know. And then finally is Sliver Overlord because everybody loves Slivers. Everybody wants to play Slivers, but the Sliver bosses all cost 20 gajillion dollars. <laughs> and it's just like oh I I really really want one I'm also not willing to pay all of the money I have to get one you know what I'm saying
1: yeah I'm looking at it now it's actually this one's really good
0: yeah that's the one that lets you turn things or get a sliver out of your deck right it's only twelve dollars though why, do I, why does my mind tell me that it cost more than that I don't know maybe it did once
1: I when think you're of the were, Queen.
0: The Sliver Queen costs an absurd amount of money.
1: Yeah, I lucked out. I found one for pennies and I bought it a while ago. It's still only sixty-one dollars, though. Only. That's, I mean, uh yeah, it's a lot of but it's a reserve list card that's pretty popular in Commander.
0: That that's what I'm saying. It would be nice to reprint the two Sliver bosses that we can. Uh, sliver Overlord and Sliver, whatever the dude was from huh. M 15. The Hive Lord? Yeah. That was a terrible card. It was fine. <laughs> they boffed slivers really badly.
1: Uh, now I kind of want to look at my Legends collection and see if I have a deck on.
0: <laughs> Dude, I love Daken Blackblade. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite original cards. Dakin Sulcanar, and the five Elder Dragons. But uh, I know I've got a... I've got like a, the Chronicles one that I cracked. I think I have a Legends one, but uh, if I don't, I want a Legends one. Oh.
1: Um, just the other day, Reina was was uh, she texted me, and she said, "Hey, if you're not already using it, you should consider Hellfire, right, um, for your Anofenza deck because Hellfire, uh, if a non-black creature goes to the graveyard." you have to pay three life like the caster of hellfire but of course hellfire avoids all of that and I looked at it and I'm like well damnation is better because hellfire is like two and three black with the downside and then I looked at the price and it's a $68 card <laughs> and I'm like oh alright reserve list
0: hellfire
1: yeah uh... I mean as soon as you see it you'll be like oh yeah I know that card And achieve them i'm looking at all my legends
0: cards oh I'm gracious kidding. hellfire two black 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 sorcery destroy all non-black creatures hellfire deals x plus three damage to you where x is the number of creatures that died this way that sounds bad that's not great it hammers you i mean i guess it leaves all your creatures alive it's, it's a tricksy. very it feels like a very black card yeah. And I guess if you played it with something that gives you life when things go to the graveyard,
1: well, you are playing black,
0: okay, so let's say you play the like Zulaport cutthroat or some aristocratic build. It'll negate most of the damage you take and also drain them for all the right. creatures that are dying. I guess I guess there's tricks there, yeah, but it's also tricks. like that's a long way to go. It's a stretch. <laughs> it's
1: really only good in anenza because anofenza of course says none of your opponent's creatures go to the graveyard.
0: Oh yeah, they all go to uh exile. Right. Oh, so that doesn't Oh. Oh. Oh that's neat.
1: Yeah that's see, it's uh you negate the downside with an effect. Yeah,
0: because the uh the Oracle reading itself says, for example, a replacement effect that says if a creature were to be put in a graveyard from the battlefield, exile instead won't affect whether a creature is destroyed or not but will affect whether it's put into the graveyard or not. Right. And Hellfire checks the number of creatures put into the graveyard specifically, that's not the number of creatures about. destroyed. So yes, if you've got a Leyline of the Void or you've got an Anifenta or something else that just obliterates creatures upon like arrival, uh, that's still not as good as Damnation. <laughs> Still not as good as Damnation, exactly. It's still not as good as Damnation, still not as good as Toxic Deluge, but it's
1: cute. I mean, if you're looking for your, you know, like your 7th or 8th board wipe,
0: (laughs) then you're a monster. (laughs) And
1: and you have a Hellfire available.
0: In your random pile of Legends cards.
1: Yeah, in your random pile of Legends cards, which I'm still checking. Oh. I just found out, though, and I'm kind of glad I'm doing this. I just found out that all of my cards' binders were put in upside down.
0: So when you shake them and all your cards fall out. Yeah. That'll be adorable.
1: That is great, isn't it? (laughs) I really uh, appreciate the way some of these cards had slid out of the binders and were therefore resting on the. Hard surface of my shelf.
0: Ugh.
1: But I don't have any really old cards, Shivam. Oh, look, here's my Library of Alexandria. <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 I beg your pardon? Yes, indeed. I have one <laughs> Felwar Stone from Chronicles in my binder, so I'll
0: pull it now. Um,
1: is that a Hellfire?
0: I love Felwar Stone. Oh, that's good. I
1: I do not have a Hellfire, so it looks like no Hellfire in my Anafenza deck.
0: How about Dacky B?
1: I do have a deck on Blackblade, but in Blackblade Blackblade but he doesn't fit in my uh Anafenza deck either.
0: I can't imagine why an Esper Lands Matter deck would would fit into uh wouldn't yeah. fit into an Anifensa deck.
1: Esper Lands Matter. Now there is a phrase you don't hear very often.
0: Well yeah, and it's like when you look at that card and realize just how ridiculous it is on every axis. Like look at the flavor text on Deck and Blackblade. Yeah. It's just like what?
1: I have a uh... I have four antiquities ornithopters. Oh, that's oh, cool. sorry, only
0: three. Oh, pfft. noob. <laughs> but yes, Dacky uh, flavor text. My power is as vast as the plains. My strength is that of the mountains. Each wave that crashes upon the shore of thunders like blood in my veins. Dacky and Blackblade, memoirs. First off, Mr. Esper Landsmatter is writing memoirs talking about the mountains. (laughs) Like, he couldn't throw a forest in there just to catch all of the (laughs) land types. Like, this card makes no sense from flavor or uh, color pie or anything. But it's also awesome.
1: Yeah, it ain't bad. Oh. All right. Well, that's too bad. No hellfire for Phil. Oh wait, wait. Here's one. Oh, let's see. Here's a set. Priests of Yogmoth. No. Oh, banging that. Nope. I have an abyss and an underworld dreams, <laughs> and an All Hallow's <laughs> Eve.
0: Um, what are you digging through a treasure?
1: I have an al- I have an alpha sinkhole here.
0: Okay. (laughs) And
1: uh, two force fields. Oh, my God. Force field was one of
0: the first cards I ever proxied.
1: Yeah. Oh, ever proxied?
0: Yeah, I printed it out on a dot matrix printer and then uh, glued it on top of an island. Whoa. In, like, 1993 or 4 or something.
1: Yeah, look at that. Oh, wait, here's my Legends. Uh
0: Right next to your Alpha Sinkhole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, no legendary, no Black Border Legends deck on. I only have the um, Chronicles. Chronicles. But I do have a Jetted O'Donoghue just for you.
0: Jedid O'Donoghue is my beloved, beloved Crawworm. <laughs> like, yep. got to be one of the most useless cards ever made. I don't care. I love that card. If
1: only he was as good as a Crawworm.
0: Yeah, he costs like seven and two colors to play.
1: (laughs) Seven, two colors, and he's a 5-5 instead of a 6-4. Oh, he's not
0: even a 6-4? No. He's like actively a miserable card. Yes. Like, because paying seven mana for a vanilla is just not, that's not where you want to be in your life. That's where you ask yourself what mistakes you've made to get to this point.
1: He's no Casimir the Lone Wolf.
0: Those cards all suck. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but there's like six Legends cards that are good. And then there's a whole bunch of Legends in Legends that are just aggressively bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, just really <laughs> terrible.
0: I mean, for every, like, um, guy who makes a Sand Warrior tokens, there's like 45, 12 casting cost vanilla creatures that are like 2, 3. Or like, yep. you know, Princess Lucretia... Who for whatever reason is like a 6-6 six six that taps for a blue mana or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. But
1: uh Hazazan Tamar is great. Is great, but that downside is pretty significant. You just All have your to make sure.
0: Like, die.
1: I, I built a deck with him. He might be up on our deck stats, but um He uh oh our recording is right. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, no, This is all gold, man. Um,
1: uh, well, with all the swearing, so I better
0: There's going to be a lot of bleeps. But um. as it happens, though, uh, this week I've actually gone through and I've uh, uploaded almost all of my decks to deck stats. Awesome! So uh, I've been using the time to both catch up and make sure that all my decks are up to date because I realized that my, like, Dak and Black... Uh, my, deck and Blackblade... My Tajik deck <laughs> hadn't been updated in, like, two years. And I was like, okay, let me just go through and fix it. And in doing so, I was like, well, since I'm going to just re-upload it, I might as well re-upload all of them. And I did. So, uh, any listeners who want to go and actually look at my decks, about, by the time you hear this, all of them will be up there on deck stats under Commander and MTG in the Shubham folder. Yep. As up-to-date as possible. I still need to, I think, update my Titania deck. I uploaded an older list, but a bunch of things have changed. But like Hapatra's there, Grimgrin's there, Tajika's there, uh Brea is there. I'm just gonna go through and put up all the random decks I've built.
1: Sweet. Yeah. I can't wait to see it.
0: Yeah, and it's like, you know what? I should do this. And I <laughs> did. And it's handy. Hey, you know what? Uh we are Commanderin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What is that? That's uh twenty-four minutes and twenty <laughs> seconds in. 24, 20, start. All right. Let's see. I actually
0: like I like I like a lot of what we had.
1: Hopefully our editor will uh will pick it up. We'll sorry. Pick out the best and either make it a pre-roll, which should only be about two minutes at most, and maybe a post-roll where we can just roll with whatever we want.
0: I don't know, man. I'm kind of thinking like you could totally just go like if you edit that, you could probably get like a good ten minutes out of there, and then just drop in the intro halfway through. it would yeah, be I guess hilarious so. and good. Just
1: exactly where we did it, and you know, yeah. maybe that's how we start this episode. That's that's no...
0: kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> I learned right, a that's... lot actually.
1: Thanks for listening, everybody, and thank you for joining us midstream. <laughs> you you know, a midstream man, of consciousness.
0: Sometimes gold is upriver.
1: <laughs> yep. I hope uh I hope uh, I wasn't too quiet while I was reaching for my binders. Um Shivan, we put a spotlight on community issues. <laughs> but never ever talk about three band topics. And even in the pre-roll this time we didn't, which turned into now show. Uh, we didn't talk about religion, politics, or Hearthstone. So um, a a lot of people want to help the show out if they want to. The best way to do that is to share the podcast with your friends because people love it when you share a podcast with them because they're like, hey, I know this person and I want to listen to everything this person listens to. And obviously you're a commander and listener. And uh, so that helps us all out. Get us in front of more people. It's great um you can also review us <laughs> and give us a positive review ideally which gets us in front of more people it's ideally. not even just it's not just uh leaving uh a, a five star review or anything like that is is um like that's very helpful but going ahead and leaving a comment that means that we are really engaged and all of the podcast services enjoy that so uh, give us a review. You can also visit us on YouTube where you should absolutely smash that subscribe and like button so that you get all the notifications whenever we post a video, like actually this show, right? Uh, now it's kind of too bad. We didn't have the, the cameras rolling so people could <laughs> see me fumbling and bumping into things. Um, and, uh, and when you're at YouTube, just play us to the very end. Uh, there are algorithms again. They're like, Oh, they, listen, they watch the whole thing. It must be good. Let's show it to more people. If you want to help us out materially and just, you know, throw a buck a show at us, you can visit us at patreon.com slash commander and MTG or commander at MTG.com slash donations or go to GoFundMe, search for Commander and use the result that has the C logo on it, not our smiling friend, Sean. It really helps us keep the lights on in, what did you call it? Podcastia
0: hmm that's where we live <laughs> podcast yeah i'm gonna have to write a theme song yeah our beloved podcast yeah yeah no i don't have it yet
1: no anthem i'm Not still yet? working on it okay we do have some sponsors and those of course are our patrons so each week we like to call out and thank three of our patroni by name this week we uh we actually have some uh folks we all know. Uh well at least I know the first one. That's April Trovillion. And uh she is somebody I taught how to play Commander when I at one of my previous jobs and she moved to Orlando to uh work on theme parks and is still not only a player of Commander and magic in general, but she's apparently a listener and now a patron. Thank you, April. Uh also joining us, Dana Roach, not to be confused with Dan Roach from uh the last time we talked about our patrons. Uh legally Dana Roach, distinct. Legally distinct Dana Roach uh of the EDH Rec cast. Dana is uh also in our, our um Discord channel and just uh chats all the time. It's wonderful. We saved this one for last because it's a very special person. We've had on the show a number of times. We want to welcome Sheldon Mennery to our podcastia Patroni community. I ran out of alliterations there. Please forgive me. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, so Man, thank you. What would he know about Commander? Right?
1: I mean, but if he did know something, then, you know, backing our show is probably... The way to a, go? It's a smart choice. It.
0: Yeah, if, if, if Sheldon Mennery were wanting to learn anything about Commander... This is definitely the place where he would find the latest and greatest information. That's right. And maybe <laughs> maybe
1: he's uh, making a point of following all of the commander advisory group members.
0: Hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. That's just what I need. <laughs> it's like hastily written email. So, I heard you were talking about me on the podcast that I now subscribe to. <laughs> what makes you think that, Sheldon? Uh, don't mind me. I'm just here, um, on banning Prophet of <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I guess
1: yeah. I'll go now.
0: <laughs> no one
1: sane wants to do that. Um. Oh, man. Well, I know, but I miss her so much, Shiva. I miss I'm her just, so much.
0: I can't believe, I'm so miffed because I got the promo version and then it was banned like a week later. And I'm like, that's just well, I sent you pictures of my blow. Japanese foil profits, right? <laughs> I love that card. I love that card. It is nowhere near unbearable, though. It is like no. the most broken card imaginable.
1: Yeah, it's pretty, pretty bad. Well, listeners, uh, you've already heard a a huge chunk of time. We have a wonderful show lined up for you this week. We're going <laughs> to uh uh we we are talking about an Aurelia deck submitted to us by Brian Canada. You might know Brian as the cure for the common game on YouTube. He's the guy who has over 300 Commander decks. He's sent uh, pictures of them to Twitter, and we'll uh, tell you how to get hold of uh, Brian a little bit later um, on Twitter. And we asked him to submit a deck uh, because one other member of our community, one Josh Lee Kwai, And we all know he's the host of uh, the Command Zone and Game Nights, of course. And he's got uh, co-host Jimmy Wong and a bunch of special guests every week. Uh, Sorry, every uh, episode of Game Nights. Well, the community selected for Josh to play Boros in the Ravnica showdown they're going to do on Game Nights. God. That's just...
0: (laughs) God, why would you do this? Why would you make...
1: Because it's going to be a blast.
0: Oh, my poor Boros.
1: (laughs) Well, he's probably going to do, you know, the most lethal Boros he can. And, uh, I mean, that's what I would do if I were saddled with Boros in in a big competition like that. And I would definitely make it Ravnica-themed because it's the Ravnica Showdown. And so we uh, asked Brian if he had an Aurelia deck, and lo and behold, he did. Uh, and uh, he he's offering some comfort, if you will, and some inspiration, hopefully, to Josh.
0: And if not to Josh, definitely to me. There were a lot of really cool ideas in there yeah. that I had not thought about.
1: And we'll get to that. And there's actually going to be a video that we play. And so if listeners are uh, consuming this through their ear holes, they maybe want to tune into the show. And uh, let us into your eye holes, your eye sockets. Let us in there. Uh, that's a little creepy, but we should keep that.
0: Yeah, I would not keep that one. I I was about to say I'm like that's that's like we need to stop with this holes in your body thing. I'm yeah, not, I'm not a we fan. just
1: we just want to dig right into your eye sockets,
0: listeners. We use some spoon to pull them right out, <laughs> gently poach them, crack them up and over toast. Mm. Never again, eye jelly. So
1: some All right, more so we're stuff. We're going to cut that whole
0: chunk right out. <laughs> no, no, no. We
1: should keep most of that. That's great. Oh, that's going to, our listeners are going to just be looking at the speakers going, what is happening to Phil and especially Shivam? Because that, that was really creepy, Shivam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, any commander advisor group news yet? None? No, we haven't heard no, anything. Nothing. nothing. Oh, that's too bad. Um, Well, be sure to let us know. And when you have something that you need our listeners to weigh in on, please uh, don't hesitate to bring it up here. Of course, you won't. I'm just saying that for our listeners benefit. So we're sort of teasing when that'll happen. We are also, we have two Commander events coming up. One is at uh, what's called OrkCon, one of the Con series of conventions here in Los Angeles. That's February 15th to the 18th in 2019. Hopefully this will be out before then. Uh, so if you hear this, come play, listeners. We're definitely going to be there. I'm going to be there. I live in L.A., so I'm going to be there. I'm going to be running a Commander event uh, at 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. on Saturday and 2 p.m. on Sunday it's a casual tournament type thing and I give away t-shirts. So, oh, we have some special t-shirts this time, but let's reveal that later. Um and then of course the big one which is Magic Fest Los Angeles March 1st through the 3rd 2019 which is uh uh down at uh, Staples Center if I believe, I believe. Um and <laughs> Shivam you're going to be at that.
0: I'm going to do my best. Uh yes. if circumstances work out, I'm actually going to be coming down to to the GPA in Los Angeles, and it should be a good time. The last few yeah. ones have been. Uh, goodness, the last few GPLAs have been like transformative for me. Absolutely. So, so uh, I'm looking forward to this. I think it'll be great.
1: They are great. And listeners, if you've never been to what is now known as a Magic Fest, but we will continue to call GPs. If you've never been to a GP, it's wonderful. Make sure you get to GP Las Vegas.
0: <laughs> let, me, let me take a moment to tell all yeah, you guys. All, all of you friends out there who listen, you might have heard online that like, oh, no, GPs are failing and the Magic Fests are failing, blah, blah, blah. No, the thing is, the tournament side may not be doing as well as we would like, but the casual side and the, com- the community side of things, these have been phenomenal events. People are going in droves to go and play with each other. They've been running out of room to do side events and to do commander games and everything. They're great. Like, seriously, don't be deterred by what you're reading on social media. The Magic Fest and stuff are still fun. They're still worth your time. Meeting other Magic players is always good. And yeah. I highly, highly recommend you. If you can, if there's one in your neighborhood, it's worth your time.
1: It absolutely is. You need to go to it. Um, Don't play in the main event. Just no, come, I mean, come hang with us. If you're into us. that,
0: do what you got to do. But really, go there to just hang out and play Magic with people who also want to be there for Magic. It's great. Yeah.
1: Good advice, Shivam. One of your friends wrote an article about us, didn't he?
0: Yeah, so my friend Jason Wilson, who is the editor-in-chief of the Video Game Reviews website GameSuite, uh wrote an article about how he just started getting into magic because of me. Because we've been friends for a while, and at my birthday party every year, I always have like drafts and everything. And then Arena came out, and he was like, well, I guess I should see the thing that Shivam keeps talking about. And lo and behold, like two weeks later, he's like, so I got three boxes of Ricks and uh, Dominaria <laughs> and things, and you want to tell me what to do with this? And it's a really fun little article that we're going to throw up in the show notes uh, talking about his journey from a guy who had basically been a fantasy nerd his whole life but never actually played magic to now somebody who's, like, grinding. And it's pretty great.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. That was really a nice article. And thank you, Jason Wilson, for uh, – for the mention. It's wonderful, and uh, Shivam is an excellent teacher. And maybe, maybe Shivam, we should run new Magic Player classes at our local game stores.
0: I think that would be mm. fun. It's all, like, I've been doing that at work. I've been teaching some of my co-hosts, uh, co-workers and friends how to play, and yeah. it has been wonderful. Like, I I mean, I love seeing new people discover Magic because it reminds you of why we play, and like, yeah. the parts that we found fun. And then it also means that there's brand new people who haven't heard all your stories yet, and (laughs) that's always a plus.
1: That's really cool. All right, and uh, all this time we've been talking, the link to VentureBeat.com with Jason Wilson's article has been up. And uh, if you missed that for whatever reason, just rewind. But if you can't rewind for whatever reason, just search Jason Wilson Venture Beat Magic, and uh, the article will come up. Also, listeners, as we record this, it is newly the Chinese New Year, the year of the pig in 2019. The next year of the pig is in 2031, so it would be really neat, and we're considering this a Commander-in achievement. If you can send us a picture of actual play-in honor system here, so you don't just lay out all of these, but with 31, you you have a game, a board state, where you have created 31 boars. We have 31 boars on the board. Uh, we don't care how you get it; 31 or greater is the number that you're looking for. So send us pictures, tweet them at us, and you have until February 19th. If this comes out after that, then uh, hopefully you were following us on Twitter and you sent us a picture.
0: Wasn't there a spell in Theros that turns, like everybody into pigs?
1: Yes, there. Well, not, there there is uh, this curse of the swine and. Um, And there's also, um, there are multiple ways to create lots of uh, boar tokens, so.
0: Curse of the Swine is a great card. Curse of the Swine is a cool card.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, Remember not to creak while you're talking. Um, Oops, yes. uh, Yeah, and 19 is too easy because you could just get that with, like, one card with a doubling season. So, uh, 31 seems like more of a challenge, so
0: do that. It definitely does.
1: We have teased this Aurelia episode long enough, depending on how you're counting it. it dozens of minutes, perhaps. Um, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to do, this is a first time for us, so bear with us. We're going to play a video from Brian Canada. Again, he is Cure for the Common Game on YouTube. And on Twitter, he's
2: at Cure underscore game. Now, let's play this video. Hello everybody, this is Brian Canada from Cure for the Common Game, and today we're going to talk about Aurelia the War Leader and trying to make Josh Lee quite a little more comfortable playing Boros. Hey Josh, I was not one of the many who voted for you to play Boros, but you know what? The internet has spoken, and I'm proud. But, I feel like we cannot fight what Boros is. They want us to play dudes and turn them sideways, so let's do it, and let's do it to the extreme. Aurelia here may seem a little much at 6 mana, but Flying Vigilance and Haste, and here's the kicker, whenever she attacks for the first time each turn, you untap all your creatures you control, and then you get an extra combat phase. So extra combat phase is kind of the theme that I went to, Uh, Relentless Assault was obviously the very first one that they ever printed, Fury of the Horde has that alternate play cost, Seize the Day does it, has Flashback. Savage Beating, and heck, they're even still printing them as the Combat Celebrant. We've got it on a creature. Check out Waves of Aggression. I mean, every useless land that you draw after becomes an extra copy of it. It's just reusable. You want to talk about reusable combat steps? Let's look at the Hellkite Charger. Whenever it attacks, you can pay the seven and get another one. Or, just a good old-fashioned enchantment, Aggravated Assault. Aggravated Assault, I mean, you spend five mana, you get another combat step. And it does, this deck lends itself to the the Josh Lee Kwai mentality. I mean, you get to play Soul Ring, Valdokken Ore, Maze of Ith, and of course Vandal Blast. Because, you know, beauty is in the eye of the Exploder. Mana guys are probably one of the best rituals ever if you just need to power up some, gosh, anything. Uh, If you need to power out your dragon or your salt or even just comet storm the table, that works too. And because we are getting all of these extra combat steps, we're going to use creatures that key off of combat steps. Let's take a look at Tajik, Blade of the Legion. First off, he's indestructible. Whenever him and two other creatures attack, he gets plus five, plus five till end of turn. So, I mean, we're going to be swinging with three creatures, right? So the very first time, he's a seven, seven. But this is until end of turn. So each combat, he's going to get another plus five stacked on top of that. Fireman Avenger, kind of the same way. Whenever the Avenger, and at least two others attack, deals three damage to a a creature playing and you gain three lives. So every combat step, you get this free lightning helix. That's beautiful. Even all the way down to like your two drops, a crow and hoplite, it gets plus X, where X is the number of attacking creatures until end of turn. Now, of course, one of my personal favorite cards, Rogue's Passage, is going to, you know, kind of. Help it along here. Also, we get extra bonus points if we can turn Rogue's Passage into a creature and untap it. But anyway, this is just going to, the ability is just going to keep stacking. And if we want to keep stacking abilities, let's look at the Boros Titans, the Inferno Titan, dealing that three damage, and Sun Titan. You know how much stuff we can get back in one turn? Oh my gosh, the Sun Titan and the. Shoot, fill in the blank. Look at the new card from the gift box, the An- Angelic Guardian. Oh, they're just going to gain indestructible to end of turn. And the Hellrider. Hellrider, whenever a creature you control attacks, Hellrider deals 1 damage to defending player. Wow, we're just going to have a ton of actual Hellrider triggers. and that's a ton of damage right there. Anyway, Josh, I'm I'm proud that you got Boros and I hope this helps ease your mind and You know, just boros it out. But I think right now, we will shuffle and cut. (laughs) Thanks
1: for recording that, Brian. Uh, Shivam, that was really nice of Brian.
0: It really was. was, uh, (laughs) I definitely learned a lot from this uh, video, actually.
1: Yeah, short and sweet. Uh, we asked him to keep it to about five minutes, and he did, so he has many more cards in it, and hopefully we'll have a deck list up in our commander-in folder on deckstats.net before too long. But that was really nice to offer Josh advice and uh, make it a little bit more comfortable for him to play Boros.
0: And I'll be honest, a lot of those things feel like they would make my Tajik deck actually legitimate. <laughs> like, Yeah, just, just the cards he highlighted alone.
1: That makes the deck more effective, don't they?
0: Yeah, it turns out being able to have multiple attack steps with indestructible, uh, like, trampling armies are pretty good. That's pretty good.
1: Are you saying that if you can make your creatures indestructible
0: (laughs) and trampling that they will do well? You know, I've always believed that to be the case. But it turns (laughs) out I might actually have just been forgetting that part of... Turn your card sideways. Make sure they don't die.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what you didn't forget, though, is soldiers. Mm. (laughs) So Brian didn't go the soldier route. His commander is Aurelia, the war leader, who, if you have never faced an Aurelia deck, is terrifying. Just absolutely terrifying. Uh, Two red, red, white, white for six total converted mana costs. That is
0: not a cheap cost.
1: It's not cheap. But she has Flying Vigilance and Haste, is a 3-4, and whenever Aurelia the War Leader attacks for the first time each turn, untap all creatures you control. After this phase, there is an additional combat phase.
0: Jeez. So, And Haste. And Haste. <laughs> so it's just like, hey, I'm just going to do this right now.
1: Just right now. We're doing it. And so she comes down, and for six mana, it's basically... Eliminate a player, win the game, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on how you time it. And it might be eliminate a player, and then the next turn you might have to spend eight mana to do it. Because she's getting removed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but you know what's filthy, though? If what? you take a helm of the host on Aurelia... Oh, God. You oh. know what's better than just one combat step? <laughs> All the combat steps.
1: All the combat steps, Yeah. Because that does go infinite, doesn't it?
0: Oh, yeah. Each oh, Aurelia God. counts as its own instance, man.
1: Oh. And each time you get a new Aurelia that has haste.
0: <laughs> That's very It's real funny. dumb. It's real. Uh, listeners, I'm, I'm trying wh- not to say that. I understand that I do it too often. It's one of my verbal takes. But you cannot tell me that infinite attacking Aurelias is not really legitimately dumb.
1: And that's not even hyperbole, Shiva.
0: No, that's just like, <laughs> oh no, this is this is bad. <laughs> yep. This is well, real, real bad. Brian
1: um, highlighted a few cards. He didn't highlight Helm of the Host, but we'll have to ask him if he's got that in the, the new version of the deck. One of the cards I haven't seen a lot of is Waves of Aggression for three and a hybrid red-white, red-white for five converted mana total. It's, uh, it's a sorcery that says untap all creatures that attacked this turn. After this main phase, there is an additional combat phase followed by an additional main phase. So you're getting another, basically, another whole main phase cycle here. The really cool part of this is, uh, you're like, yeah, whatever. There's, you know, all sorts of sorceries
0: that do that in effects. This one has retrace. That's the part that totally got me. (laughs) The fact that, I like, I'd seen this card vaguely when I was, like, just scanning over Boros cards or whatever. And I've been like, oh, whatever. It gives you another combat phase. But Retrace. Retrace, retrace. is nuts. Like, yeah. one of the things that I run into a lot when I'm playing Boros and when I'm playing Tijik and uh, other red-white-ish is that you'll get to a point with, like, uh, um, land tax and with other effects like that that you just have a grip full of lands that you've just been filtering out over time. Yep. And Retrace is a really good way to actually get use out of them. But... This is kind of ridiculous, right? Like, yep. I attack you. I'm going to uh, play this from my graveyard with just retrace. And the trick about retrace that uh, I forget all the time is that it's not a one and done. It's not a flashback. It's no. not, you play this and it exiles itself. This is just, as long as you've got land in your hand, you could pitch a land and play the casting cost and play the retrace card again and again and again.
1: Yeah, it's great.
0: Well... That could be a problem. <laughs> that could yeah. be a real, real problem.
1: If you combine it with some really janky tap effects with Aurelia the leader, right? Because Aurelia says, untap all creatures you control. And uh, <laughs> so that's like, if you're playing this in a green deck and you have some mana dorks or artifact creatures that tap to do some sort of effect or anything like that.
0: It feels a little get... bit like the old Palinthron tricks, right? Like, yeah. Play all your things, untap all your lands. Whoops, does this land uh, tap for more than one mana? Mm-hmm. So, like, um, I mean, you could you can combo off with this card.
1: You really can. Yeah, so Waves of Aggression, remember, untaps all creatures that attack this turn. It doesn't mean that it attacked in your last combat step. So if Aurelia gets an attack uh, in and, and everybody attacks with her, and then uh, later you need to use some of them for tap-activated abilities... When you cast Waves of Aggression, maybe again, right, you actually get to untap all
0: of them again. Because <laughs> once a creature's attacked, it's attacked this turn. There's got to be some kind of weird infinite combos you can do with this thing. Like, mm. this just seems like it's set up for some real, real shenanigans.
1: Yeah. Draw effects, anything like if you draw cards when you attack or draw cards when you cause damage, you're going to end up with a few lands in your hand. So you get waves of aggression. You can do it again and again and again. It's great. Can't Yeah. Wait. Yeah. And uh, so if you have experience with waves of aggression, listeners, please let us know.
0: Yeah. One of the things though about like that I've always been hesitant about these, um, get extra attack phase things is that they almost always require the creature that is giving you that extra attack phase to attack. And I was always like, Oh man, you're just going to throw them out there and they're going to die. And you're only yep. going to get like that effect once. But then I saw in the video maze of Ith, And I was like, Oh my <laughs> God, it dawned on me. Like yeah. I could just protect my, my guy who's giving me the infinite attacks. Just yep. in maze of it says untap target attacking creature. The idea of using that on my own creature Never occurred to me. Maybe yep. it did in 1994 or something. But, like, I love that. That is so silly. Just because, hey, I'm going to pull a combat celebrant back. I'm going to pull Aurelia back. I'll attack to get the trigger. But then you guys go forward.
1: Yeah. Like, Aurelia still only has a 3-4 a body, right? So she's not really going to kill a lot on her own. And so, if you throw her up, and throw her out there, and there's something like a Rune Scar Demon or something that's blocking, and, and then you just maze her out. And maze's sister, the uh, Card Reconnaissance, the enchantment that for zero you remove attacking creature from combat, um, attacking creature you control from combat specifically, it has the Gust Cloak effect. Mm. That means, and it's white, so it goes right in Aurelia, and you're protecting Aurelia with these two cards. You're rarely using them to prevent what's coming toward you because uh, you're probably killing that player with your intense army.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's there's Boros. a point where, like, all these combat steps no longer really matter because you just kind of killed them. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Um, and he has your buddy Tajik the Original, the Blade of the Legion. You know
0: there. what, man? That that guy is a secret Voltron commander. He's really, yeah. really good. And the that that trick of just... Stacking multiple attack triggers to get plus five, plus five, plus five, plus five. I, honest to God, did not think about that. And now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, this is, why aren't all these cards in my deck? This needs to be, this is stupid. <laughs>
1: yeah, because it supports Tagic.
0: I love it's... the idea of him just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. He Ugh. gets swole. What a lovely idea. <laughs> Battalion with himself. <laughs>
1: It has uh, a, uh, He also has a Crow and Hoplite in there. That's the one whenever it attacks, it gets plus X plus zero, where X is the number of attacking creatures you control. And it doesn't take a lot of attacking creatures with multiple combat steps for this thing to get huge. No, that'll
0: get real out of control really quickly. Yeah, I mean, I mean
1: it might not be a Tajik, but it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, that is the one thing you do got to worry, because a lot of these creatures are, in fact, just glass cannons with giant stats. So... <laughs> you got to make sure that Boros Charm is in hand to protect all your, your units. Otherwise, <laughs> uh, this is going to end really quickly and not in your favor.
1: Yep. And uh, he also highlighted uh, Angelic Guardian, and that's the, uh, the six-mana angel that has flying, and whenever you, one or more creatures you control attack, they gain Indestructible until end of turn. And it's a 5-5. Five, five. Whenever one or more
0: creatures you control attack, <laughs> Why isn't this card in my, like, every white deck I run? Well, I don't know,
1: actually. 5-5 five, oh. five for
0: six mana. It turned out this was only released in that special uh, gift pack. That yeah. was a Christmas gift pack. I'm going to have to go and find me one of these because, wow, that is huge. That's like such a, a sal- saving grace for a Boros deck. Yeah. My goodness, that's... That is something neat.
1: Yeah, it was in the M nineteen gift pack, and it's in something called uh, something online called "You Make the Cube." So yeah,
0: I uh, do not know what that is. I don't know either.
1: <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. Now he has one other card that uh, he highlighted called Hell Rider, and it's a uh, four mana total. It's a red card with uh, haste. It's a devil, 3-3 three, three devil, with haste. Whenever a creature you control attacks, Hellrider deals one damage to defending player. Now, you pointed out, I was like, why is this card in there, and you like multiple attack steps, dude?
0: Yeah, I mean, think about it. If you've got an army, and you've got, like, even three or four or five creatures out there, if you do two or three attack steps, five creatures times two attack steps is ten points of damage.
1: Yeah, right? it is.
0: And the, if you're stacking attack steps, this thing will just end up like incidentally grinding everybody into nothing it's (laughs) like it feels a little bit like an Orzov tax you know like just like needling you here and there but all those ones add up really quick
1: yeah they do yeah I was I was kind of poo-pooing this listeners before the show and it took Shivam to kind of wake me up especially in a token strategy right like this guy should probably be in your Tajik deck
0: it's nothing I'm not going to put a devil into my soldiers deck come on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I
1: knew you were going to say that. I genuinely knew you were going to say look, that. Look, my
0: Tajik my deck, the, one, the reason it's got so many flaws is because I've got a theme that I'm not breaking. If it's not yeah. a soldier or directly related to the army, it's not going in there. So no thank you, Hellrider. However, in a tokens deck, that card gets really, really good because yeah. all these plus ones just add. It turns out just having an extra five damage, ten damage layered on top of what you're doing Yeah, is a good way to just take huge chunks off of somebody's life.
1: I'm kind of afraid of your next iteration of Tajik now.
0: Oh, no, I've got a lot of ideas. He's gonna, it's gonna become a much more combat focused deck, a much more, um, like attack steps. Man, this is this gets brutal. This gets really, really blendery.
1: Well, great, thanks, Brian. (laughs) you've just ruined uh basically the only opportunity i have to win against shivam yeah like most of his other token swarms are brutal
0: my super mild nothing but burger deck But um, (laughs) the thing is that that deck does win and when it wins it wins in quite oppressive fashion it just it just takes a minute or two or 30 to get there <laughs> yeah, but with <laughs> yeah, a,
1: with a Crow and Hoplite now, if you add a Crow and Hoplite if it's not already in there, it's gonna be fast.
0: Yeah, like, like a Crow I and really Hoplite should. is
1: like, yeah, just deal. You have to deal with a Crow and Hoplite now. It's a two mana one
0: two with the special ability, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wow. think one of the things that happened to me is that I was looking at it like, oh, it only it only pumps one unit, but then I was like, again, same way. If that one unit's getting through. Then punch him in the face. It's great.
1: Yeah. Like what's the worst that can happen? It gets chumped with two tokens, right? And so your two mana card has just taken out two tokens, which isn't too bad. Mm. And the best that can happen is you give it trample in some way, and then now your opponent actually has to put something meaningful in front of it. And it's just it's just let me borrow a word. Just dumb. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Touche Yeah
1: So Brian, thank you Listeners, you'll be hearing more from Brian In the future because He has 300 Commander decks We'll uh, be highlighting one of them Every once in a while, maybe even every show If this is really popular So let us know what you think By all means, please tweet at us Or contact us and we'll tell you how to do that in a minute Uh, You folks rock Thank you for sticking it out with us this episode and for that very weird intro to the show. (laughs) Um, There may be some uh, bleeping because uh, when we don't think we're on mic, we're cursing a lot. (laughs) So thanks for toughing it out with us. We'll see you at Magic Fest Los Angeles and maybe Strategic Con. And uh, we're going to have a really good time. And we're going to try to stream from Magic Fest Los Angeles, too. So we'll see what we can get going. Um, And if you really like this show or uh, maybe the last show because this one was a little bit scattered, uh, donate a buck a show. We would really appreciate it if you would please consider donating that because we can keep on improving the show You can go to patreon.com slash commander at MTG or commander at MTG.com slash donations or go to GoFundMe and search for our show, Commander at MTG Podcast. Special thanks to our patrons, especially the ones we called out earlier in the episode. They already show their support. Thank you very much, folks. Without your continued support, we couldn't do this without you. Mm -hmm. And we are super grateful. You can reach us by going to our website, commanderandmtg.com. Our email is cast at commanderandmtg.com. You can find us on all of the social medias by searching for Commander and MTG Podcast. Our theme song was created for the podcast by Nate Burgess. Our logo was created for the podcast by Mr. Picto with assistance from Kelly DeLuca. You can find more art from Mr. Picto by going to mrpicto.co.uk. Special thanks to Tech Wiz's Jesse Thompson and Graham Frank, and to Justin for the server space. And special thanks to Mike Condon, editor of the Brothers War podcast, for the guitar version of our theme song. We're also making a few changes behind the scene. We want to thank Tyler Webb for helping us change hosting services for the podcast. Tyler and his friend Chris host the Unformatted Review Show, it's an unfiltered, rambling look at a different movie every week where the only rule is, there are no rules. I've listened to many of the episodes myself, and they're two good friends talking about movies. But be warned, they aren't family-friendly, so you probably don't want to play them around children or in stores like you do Commander in. Commander at MTG Podcast is unofficial fan content permitted under the Fan Content Policy. It has not been approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast LLC. Now, Shivam, since this was a Boros episode, you have to take us out. It's only, it's only just.
0: Attack! <laughs> some spoon to pull them right out gently poach them crack them up an over toast
1: do 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 do, do 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 looking up stuff on the internet <laughs> Boop, 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 and then we'll come back in. Dump, bump,
0: bump, All right. <laughs>